Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's the JT and Looney Podcast, episode 154, our NFL quarterback rating show. The new guys are outstanding. The legends, not so much. We'll chop it up. And does JT need a Twitter intervention? <laughs> yeah, I've been saying that for years. We'll talk about it. And maybe we'll get together with his family and talk about it as well in a motel room and ambush him like they do on that show. JT and Looney podcast is powered by our friends at Bet Online. Go to betonline.ag, and if you haven't gone there before, they'll give you a 50% sign up bonus just for being friends with the JT and Looney podcast. You put down $100, they'll give you $50. Put down $1,000, they'll give you $500. If you don't bet on games yet, what are you waiting for? So go to bet online. You can bet on the NFL, which has, has it ever been more exciting and more unpredictable. Baker Mayfield, now a Los Angeles Ram. How about that, Mr. Fung? We got the NBA, and Anthony Davis scored 55 points the other night. Looks like the Lakers are back, baby! And you can bet on the NHL, MMA, boxing, even golf. Really? I, I, I know it says it here on the copy. But it doesn't sound like I'm reading copy because I'm a broadcast professional. I still have a hard time believing anyone bets on golf. Nevertheless, go to Bet Online where the game starts, our fabulous sponsor, and they'll get you started in the incredible world of gambling. Welcome to the JT and Looney podcast. Now, it's interesting as we were texting, talking about what we were going to talk about today and how often, what's, what's fun about this, we don't even come close. But I'm fascinated by Chicken Soup for the Soul stories, as you know, goal visualization and comeback stories. And there's probably no greater one in the NFL than Geno Smith and your least favorite award, the Comeback Player of the Year, <laughs> where you have to suck and then not be able to do your job. All of a sudden, you do your job, and you get a reward for showing up. Yeah, the Comeback it. Player of the Year award usually goes to someone who gets blown up in the pocket and gets injured and doesn't play at all, only plays two and a half games, and the next year plays to his ability. They give him a trophy for that. Yes, yes, or yes. someone who has sucked like Geno Smith, who's never even been a good backup quarterback. He has one of these years, and then we give him a trophy for that. And it is unbelievable. It, it, even take a look at – now, I did send you my – I like – the quarterback rating link that I sent you, I like it because of our attention span. A lot of times you go to the other websites and you got to poke around and find the quarterback rating, and it drives me nuts. With that one, the quarterback rating is there, but not some of the intangibles. Mm-hmm. I did some more uh, snooping around on this because, you know, I'm obsessed with the quarterback rating, which is interesting for me because I'm not n- normally the left-brain guy on the show mm-hmm. who, uh, who goes into the numbers. But Geno Smith also leads the NFL by far in completion percentage. He He's does. Just, that's, a big, that's an important award to me. Yeah. That's an important number because that's important. That means you're throwing passes that are caught and, and be, you're completing passes where a lot of times the throwout statistic there is a lot of guys are throwing checkdowns and a right. lot of guys are throwing screens. That's right. all a part of it. But Gino. Gino is really strong in both categories here because he's playing under control and he's playing on a team that gives him a better chance to win. And what's incredible when you take a look at uh, the, like the top 10 quarterbacks, 
Uh, do I have to start at one or ten? Do you have any rules? You got to start at ten. That's the rule. The rule okay. is you got to go backwards because <laughs> if you start at one, then no one's going to listen from two to okay, ten. Okay, then I bury the lead, yeah. as we say. Yeah. Okay. Josh Allen at number ten, Buffalo Bills, who's okay. having a subpar year, not having a good year to right. his standards, even though they're back to the one seed in the entire AFC. And that's easy. He's still top ten, and mm-hmm. at number nine, Dak Prescott, the Dallas Cowboys, which is a little bit surprising. Andy Dalton coming in at number eight, which is what makes some people hate the quarterback rating. I'll wait for the next guy. That'll make it even worse. Oh, Ryan Tannehill, Tennessee Titans. You're right. At number seven, at number six, Jimmy Garoppolo. Isn't that suck that he got hurt? Yep, dumb for the year. Oh, my God. And at number five, Joe Burrow, Cincinnati Bengals. Well, that's a team that got up off the canvas and looks unbeatable right now, don't they? Incredible. Up at number four, Patrick Mahomes, as we come back to reality there, Kansas City Chiefs. But look at the top three guys. At number three, Jalen Hurts, Philadelphia Eagles. Number two, Geno Smith, the A4 mentioned Seattle Seahawks. And all year long, at number one, to a tongue of a lova of the uh, Miami Dolphins. And it's incredible when you take a look at the legends. We're not talking about legends there, except for Mahomes. We're just talking about a lot of new guys and a lot of young guys that are here in the top ten. Yeah, and for two, it's incredible because he's also a guy. A lot of guys who are at the oh. top of quarterback rating, A, are great players, but other guys are guys who get the ball out quickly because they're not throwing it into coverage. Right. They're not throwing it 30 yards downfield where it's almost a 50-50 ball. They're throwing it on a short pass on a slant where someone's going to easily catch it, and they're probably going to get a few yards here, but they're not making a lot of mistakes along the way. And you know, for Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts is so good with his legs, his leg stats. His rushing TDs and rushing yards are off the chart, as I have the quarterback rating in front of me now. And then you look at what Tua does, right? Again, the short pass. But Mahomes is the one that blows me away again because Mahomes extends the pocket and makes a lot of creative plays and risky plays and still has a quarterback rating of 105. It's 104.9. We'll move it up to 105. That puts him in the top four, and Kansas City's arguably the best team every year in football. There's not a person listening to the sound of my voice right now when they see Kansas City Chiefs on the schedule uh, as the next team playing their favorite team, they think loss. I'm surprised any time the Kansas City Chiefs lose. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, they are that. I don't know if I can say that about any other team in the NFL, but I think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win every single week. I hate when the Raiders have to play the Chiefs. I hate it. And they, the, the Raiders always play the Chiefs really well, but I hate it. And I just always assume that the Chiefs are going to win and Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. And I think the really the great thing to look at, like Jim Valvano, never, ever, ever give up. Look at the top three guys who weren't believed in all these years with Tua, Geno Smith, and Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, who had to transfer, uh, and uh, Geno Smith, who just was thought of as a runner from West Virginia and never never played well when he got his chance to do it, as he was an amazing uh, college quarterback. And, and Tua, who, whose team didn't believe in him and tried to do, get everybody but him to play quarterback. And so that, that's just Great. Those top three stories are great chicken soup for the soul stories. And what we like about our annual quarterback rating podcast, and you're in the midst of it, we appreciate that, is we go to the bottom. <laughs> go to the bottom, which, is, which always tells a story. First off, the, the lowest rated quarterback is Zach Wilson of the Jets, who is a number two pick overall. Number two pick wow. overall. He has a 72.6 rating. He's at 35. At number 34, he's in the news today and tonight, Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield just got picked up by the Rams. Just got rewarded. 
Yeah, he got rewarded. It's like and dancing then, with the stars. Yeah, and, and this is an important point. He you know, I'm pro Andy Baker. Dick Award. <laughs> yes, of the Andy Dick Award. Good one. Uh, the issue, the issue here becomes, which is really important. Baker Mayfield, I like him. He goes, he went to Oklahoma, won the Heisman. My son goes to Oklahoma. I've always thought that Baker's better, and he he got drafted by a bad team in Cleveland. That wasn't that always fault. sucks. It wasn't his fault. It wasn't his fault that Zach Wilson. It wasn't his fault that he went number two to the Jets. Right. Okay, because when you get away from those teams, as we always talked about, if Ben Roethlisberger would have went to a bad team in the oh. top ten, he dropped to the Pittsburgh Steelers, a proud organization, greatest thing, a great ever legacy, and look at him. So. Baker Mayfield is now a member of the Rams. And what's unique on this, as we record the podcast, I'm going to L.A. tomorrow. And the Rams are playing the Raiders Thursday night. I'll travel with the Raiders there. And they're saying he's going to play. They're, they're actually FedExed him the playbook already. Wow. He's flying. And in no way do you let a quarterback play in a short week. You know, if they were playing Sunday, I totally get it. He's playing Sunday. He gets there Tuesday night. Tuesday night's typically an off oh, day. That co- JT, do you, that cocky fucker's going to play well. Yeah, that's my point. And Sean McVay's going to want to prove a point. Oh and, and how about this for the Rams? Uh, the Rams the Rams have lost six in a row and eight out of nine. Eight out of nine. So irrelevant. Yes, eight out of nine. So why wouldn't you let Baker play that game? Why wouldn't you let Baker jump in and do that? So he's at the bottom, and then Kenny Pickett, of the Pittsburgh Steelers, who, and people rave about, who people rave about. Yeah, he should have a low quarterback rating because he's a rookie yeah. and he's playing. And then you have Joe Flacco at 32 with the Jets. He's a pure there's, backup, but he's a, a rating because he started a few games. Yeah. Then you got Davis Mills of Houston who plays on a god-awful team. And then at number 30, so these are the bottom six quarterbacks, Cooper Rush at an 80.5 rating, but he did a good job. He won games for the he Cowboys. He won the games. Exactly. He won the games. He, was, he, was, he did what he was required to do. People thought there was going to be a quarterback controversy, which was insane, as now you see Dak Prescott's a top-10 quarterback, and, uh, and Cooper is a bottom feeder when you take a look at the numbers, but he did what he had to do. He was great. And how about this for the biggest, most impactful comment on our oh, entire quarterback yeah, rating? Yeah. At number 29, which you could include with Mills and Pickett and Baker, is Russell Wilson stunning. And I don't think the media got anything more wrong than that topic. Other than some people in Seattle, I included uh, some people in Seattle who wanted him out of there, thought his ego got in the way changed when he married Sierra, all that, which turned out to be true. He's different. He's a different guy, different demeanor, different body language. But Russell Wilson is a quarterback rating of 83.5. He's making well over a quarter of a, billion with a b dollars and the franchise if they could get out of that deal would have got out of it yesterday but they can't get out of it so they'll end up firing the coach nathaniel hackett because he and russell aren't on the same page and it's far easier to fire the head coach who's not making that type of money instead of getting rid of the quarterback there were so many times though with the seattle seahawks that at times he looked like the best quarterback in the nfl he would scramble and make things happen an incredible steve young type of randall cunningham mm-hmm. ken stabler roger staubeck type of way Fran tarkenton where he would duck out swing out and complete a pass so i think the number one thing that happened to his body language was he stinks now i don't think it's his marriage i think he's on a, a team that's he's just ended up on the wrong team surprisingly and god are their games awful because their defense is great so every time you look up at a denver bronco score it's halftime and it's three to three 
or six to three. You know, we know some Bronco fans, those poor Bronco fans, they've had to watch these games for a long time over the years with great defense and even quarterbacks like Peyton Manning who are having a tough time getting it down the field. You know, there's a better quarterback rating, a better quarterback rating than Lamar Jackson, former MVP, Tom Brady with seven Super Bowls, Derek Carr, who's been really good and consistent, Justin Herbert, who I think is the best young quarterback in the league, and four-time MVP Aaron Rodgers. Those guys are all in the middle of the pack. Jared Goff of the Lions has a 95.7 rating. They scored on all eight of their possessions, which is rare in their last win. And they're starting to turn the corner here. They've had a couple of games that were right down to the wire where they had bad luck and lost. Goff is looking like he's going to be the quarterback for the Lions for a while. He's playing well. What happened to Cal? Cal is, you know, isn't it thought of as brainiacs go to Berkeley, right? Really oh, you have, you gotta have grades to get into Berkeley, yeah. And then we, so, and then we ended up, a lot of, and Jared Goff went to Berkeley, correct? Mm-hmm. He did. Yeah. And he didn't know that the sun rose on the east and set in the west. And then we had Aaron Rodgers with the weird thing. I've been immunized and all this stuff, weird thing. He did his own research on on vaccines uh, what what happened there I, i'm guessing well i have to i have to be pro jared goff because if you drop me on a corner if i was standing on the yeah. corner in winslow arizona and you ask oh. if you ask me where's west or where's east i wouldn't know oh, I, I, would, I would have no idea unless i could see water oh, unless i could see God. an ocean i wouldn't know i never know if my yeah. if my wife says hey the Walmart's on the southwest corner You're fucked. of Tropicana. <laughs> I, I'm totally fucked. I have no idea what the southwest yeah, corner is. I forgot. I forgot I don't know. about I, that. I, I never, no one ever taught me that. Well, you were in the middle of an island, right? You grew up in the middle of an island. I grew up where there was a north side, a south side, Italians on the north side, Irish on the south side. Yeah, you had uh, a head start, yeah. The east side and west side. At railroad tracks split the city down the middle of the east side and the west side, the more well-oiled uh, lived on the west side, over on the east side, or rough side of town in Elmira. So I had the divisions growing up and the river that went down the middle of the city that separated the north and south side. So right, fr- right, right from birth, I was lucky enough to be given a sense of direction by the topography where I lived. But you, right, you were in the middle of an island. You couldn't tell the difference. The other thing no one taught me in school, which I believe I have a lawsuit, no one taught us in school at elementary school that all the bad weather in the upper Midwest, all of it was coming to us in New York. And they didn't tell us that all the bad weather and the wet weather in Florida and the South were all coming north to us in New York. No one ever told us that. And if I was in seventh grade and I just had one teacher who said, you know something, little John, that everything you see on a map a day and a half ago in Chicago in Cleveland, in that area, is eventually going to come to you. And everything that you see trending up and coming from the lower portion of the country is going to come to you too. I might have left. Uh, I wouldn't want to leave my parents, but I at least would have been aware that the weather would have been terrible for most of my youth. No one ever told us that. The, the, part of the other conspiracy was they didn't tell us about Europe either, how cool Europe was. <laughs> they just you never had a teacher who oh, said, man, hey, did you ever go to uh, Venice? Right. Would you ever like to go to Madrid? No one ever told you that. No, back. we pledged the allegiance, waved the flag, said America was the greatest, but they didn't chose any other countries to compare it to. And uh, you're right. There was some conspiracies going on there. Now, uh, we, neither one of us are believers in uh, grand conspiracies, but I believe in small ones. Every once in a while. Well, what's our takeaway on this special edition quarterback rating show? Because you could the top ones. I don't think Geno Smith's going to win a Super Bowl, but Jalen Hurts came out of nowhere. He's in the top three. They can. Joe Burrow, Mahomes is there. 
uh, Dak Prescott's in the top 10. Josh Allen's in the top 10. So in oh. order to go deep into the playoffs or secure a playoff spot, you pretty much need a quarterback who has a solid quarterback rating or at least in the top 10. It seems to be that's the, that's the current model. In order to win a Super Bowl, you have to have a good quarterback. And normally, you know, here's the thing about the Geno Smith even has over Tua uh, is the long season. And even over Jalen Hurts, but Jalen Hurts has been around a couple of years. But the long season, when you get out of college and all of a sudden you have no time off, can really hurt the newer guys. But it's all newer guys towards the top. Mm-hmm. I, I, I do think one of the surprising things is we get shoved down our throat how great Justin E. Bear is of the Los Angeles Chargers. He's right there in the middle. Nothing special at 14. But, wow, do the so-called experts, are they really shoving him down our throat as being as great as he is? So if he's that great, did he end up on the wrong team? Yeah, he did end up on the wrong team with the wrong coach. I was just By the way, I knew the answer to that question. Yeah, (laughs) I was just at that game. The Raiders beat the Chargers on Sunday. And Herbert, when you see him in real time in the building, and he's fading back and has time. He makes you nervous, doesn't he? The ball comes. It's just different. It's the closest thing I've ever seen to Elway. At the same age, but you're right. He plays for an organization with bad ownership. He plays for a team that really goes through too many head coaches, and his guys are always hurt. You live in L.A. Keenan Allen's always hurt. Mike Williams is always hurt. You know, everybody on the Chargers is always hurt. Derwin James plays half the amount of games. J.C. Jackson, the best offseason, number one offseason cornerback went there. He doesn't play, so – They've been snake, as, as I've always said, they've been snake bitten since they fired Marty Schottenheimer at 14 and two. They've been snake bitten since that time. And I think there was one anomaly there with a good year with Philip Rivers. And otherwise, just like Philip Rivers, they're 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 telling us how great Justin Ebert is. But um, it's uh, it's not turning out in wins. Uh, two more quick topics. Tom Brady had the greatest comeback of his entire career regular yes. season. His biggest comeback was Super Bowl. Uh, 41 when he came back against Atlanta, down 28-3. to I remind people Kyle Shanahan lost that Super Bowl because he had a 28-3 to lead with Julio Jones and Matt Ryan, and he couldn't play pitch, catch, and pick up first downs on three-yard in routes. So he blew that game. And uh, Brady had the comeback. He was down 16-3. to So our good friend T.J. Reeves joined me on the radio and talked about the comeback, and I said, the wild thing is, why is that the greatest comeback of his entire regular season career? And it's obvious. They were never losing 16-3 to in New England with the Dyke. <laughs> You're right. In Tampa You're right. Bay, they already won a Super Bowl. They're never losing 16-3. to It's interesting, too. Uh, he, he he pouted and came off the feet. He oh, he was pouting. He, he was, was pitching and moaning the whole game. Yeah, and he wanted to go for it on fourth and 10 with eight minutes left. They wouldn't let him. And they ended up winning the game anyway. Listen to your code. Man, there is chaos going on in baseball. John Heyman reported that judge to the Giants, and he retracted it. He retracted it, saying he jumped a gun. So you know what the Yankees mean to me. I'm sitting here as we record this podcast, looking at Twitter, wondering if Judge is leaving for the Bay Area or if Judge is going to land back with the Yankees. So this is really big. This is really important. <laughs> this is more important than this podcast to me, with all due respect to the podcast that we love. How are you, Tom? Good. How you doing? It all comes back to the Yankees. As long as I've known you, I've had to study the roster of the Yankees just in case you gave me a handoff with a hot Yankees take, and I wasn't ready. In the early days of doing a show with you, I was not ready uh, for the uh, the improv class that is working with JT the Brick, but now I'm 
usually pretty much ready. Well, the baseball winter meetings where all the free agent deals go down, like Trey Turner saying, oh, goodbye, Dodgers. Thanks for everything. I was I was going to go down in history with the legends of the game. I'll go to Philadelphia where fans wow. will hate me in seven years of the 11-year <laughs> deal. And then a judge could go to yeah. San Francisco or the Yankees, and if he leaves the Yankees, he destroys his legacy with the Yankees, by the way. Destroys it because it doesn't have a ring. Yogi Berra's got 10. I repeat, 10 World Series rings. Jeter has five. A-Rod has one. And you know my rule. All you need is one. You don't need 10. You need one. If he leaves the Yankees with 62 home runs and goes anywhere else, his legacy is shot. Take the monument out of center field and, and go do what Robinson Gano did. Go to the Mariners and tell me how that works out. Do you think he's even thinking about that as yes. he talks to his? Okay, he is. His agent he's, he's, he's talks close. about that. Talks about that talk radio stuff that we talk about. Do people? Do these athletes really sit behind closed doors with their agents and talk about state taxes and talk talk about legacy, etc.? Or is that just stuff that we do? No, I think they do. See, Judge has, has a big decision to make because it's tough to play in New York. It is. It's a really tough. I mean, hair falls out, Roger Maris type stuff. I mean, it's hard, especially when you're trying to win and you're trying to break Babe Ruth's record and Roger Maris's record. That's a big deal. So that could be wear and tear on him. And look, the difference between 360 million and 320 is a lot of money. I mean, it is a lot of money when you think about it, but we'll see how this plays out. Normally I don't jump the gun on all this, but this is an example in sports of fandom. Of fandom. So if Judge comes back with the Yankees, I'm great. I'm good with it. He's a hell of a player. If he leaves, he's dead to me. I repeat, <laughs> I don't know him. I got a signed baseball of his recently. Uh, my kids love him. My kids grew up loving Judge. But if he leaves, considering what the Yankees mean to me and my kids and my dad and my grandfather, he's dead to me. So I will root against him. Uh, I will appreciate the fact that he he had a great season with the Yankees, but I'll remind everybody that he didn't come through in the clutch in the postseason when it mattered. So you can tell I'm triggered right now. I'm a little bit on edge. I love it. That's That's why there are times when we've done the show over all these years together, and if you talked about Tiger Woods or the Yankees, I just said hello and let you go because normally that would be narrow casting. But it's compelling when you're talking about it because you're chippy about those subjects. You care about those subjects. And the most important thing that you left out for me was you, you didn't mention the Dodgers. You think there's no chance Aaron Judge uh, surprises us and ends up with the Dodgers. Well, you would think so because Trey Turner leaving and, and leaving for 300 plus million opens up that money to go get Aaron Judge and Aaron Judge playing there, you know, the, the Giants make sense because he's closer to the Bay Area, and that's a team that he's fond of. And look, either place that he plays in, it's a tough place. For a right-hand hitter, it's not easy to hit home runs in Yankee Stadium, Dodger Stadium, and especially right. San Francisco. Yeah. San Francisco's got the wind and all that. But Judge hits a lot of cheapies to right field, a lot of check swings that go over the short porch. Right. Our buddy Andrew Siciliano hates that over the years. <laughs> you know, he, the people hate that, that he can hit a check swing. You can't get a check swing home run to right field into McCovey Cove. Bonds would put it into the water there. Judge just can't hit a mistake out to right field to hit a home run every time. So I think like Willie Mays, they say Tom the urban legend is Willie Mays left 
about 100 oh, to yeah. 150 home runs uh, especially at Candlestick it, Park. And Candlestick Park was a much tougher park to play and then even what eventually became Pat Bell Park or whatever the Giants call it. And, hey, hey, one quick note about that. How long, what is the under over? How long will Crypto.com Arena in Los Angeles be called Crypto.com considering what's happening to crypto? Oh, I have a drone outside. They're taking down the Y in the crypto as we speak right now. <laughs> off the roof there. I don't think I don't think that's very long, as they say in the world of stock yeah, brokers. I don't think it's very long for that to be up there still. Yeah, I don't either. And it's uh, I know this is a, just a, a sidetrack, a rabbit hole that we go down, but uh, big deal. Uh, I just when I I was wondering when they, you know, of course they took the money. Uh, Staples Center took the money. The uh, all the uh, all the parties involved there that are in involved in making that decision but i thought well that's not going to be there 20 years like staples you now it's like a, it's like pet rock stadium was not going to be around for 20 years neither is crypto.com or and i always said with all due respect to staples the lakers deserve better than staples that's a that product too. that won't exist by the way do people even use a staple gun anymore and it's, right. it's staples it's even it's even the actual oh staple God. in the logo i never thought that that product was going to be around forever anyway and i know it's just like the uh, horse and buggy stadium you're it's you, it's you gotta but then again crypto is certainly forward-looking but you're more fi- uh more in tune with financial markets than most did you did you think of crypto and in, in, in all that as a and Dogecoin and all that? Did no. you snoop around or did you ignore it? No, I didn't understand it much, and I think I had a pretty okay. good background in finance, right. stockbroker, and I never really understood it. I was always concerned about the liquidity. I was always concerned about the instability, and that says a lot because this year was a brutal year for me and many others. I mean, do not open up your end-of-the-year statement. For your 401k, don't even do it. This year was just a bludgering bloodbath for everybody out there. But no, I never really dove into the crypto world and understood FTX to the point where I would have invested. I work really hard for my money. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm in a business like you are that we're in broadcasting. And it's relatively easy. But this is for young broadcasters. I always like to give you cryptic clues about what to do as a young broadcaster because that's the advantage i think i have over 99 percent of anyone who's ever cracked a microphone never said i was better than them never said i'm in their ballpark but i know how to do a business model and when i got into the business i got into this business leaving a six-figure job making over 100 grand as a stockbroker at a very young age to get into a business when my first job was 25 grand and i didn't get into the business for fame and celebrity i got in the business to make money So I had to put a plan together. How can I get on the radio? Who's got the biggest agents? Where's the best platforms for me to get on syndicated? How do I do this? And I was relentless to try to figure out how to make money. And I work really hard still to this day, which I don't know if it's good or bad. I just think it's part of who I am. I work far too many hours on the radio to make money, to invest, to give my kids money, pay for college and all of that. So I wouldn't take my money and squander it on Dogecoin or in the world of crypto because I thought I would lose it all. I don't gamble on sports. I don't bet at all on anything, including table games. But, you know, I've been known to run up a pretty big pool tab, a pool bar tab. You know, you know, I've walked out on a fight night signing that bill at the end going, oh, you want an $800 tip on something that costs me that much? No, we're not going to do that. You and I both have agreed with that part of life. Less on gambling. You, none, and and I, tiny amounts over the years and only when in Vegas. 
Yeah. But uh, we've both always both uh, when it came to the bar and the restaurants, we've always eaten and drank like we were going to the electric chair. (laughs) And then. Right. And this year is an interesting year on this because there were days that I woke up in July or August and I wasn't in a good place because I wake up out west normally, normally between six and seven a.m. And I work late at night on the radio. And I get up and I usually a habit, I'll look at the stock market at the open. Because a lot of times I want to buy a stock before the market opens, when the market opens, or sell it, depending on what happens. And it was a really rough, rough year because a lot of the time, the majority of the year, I woke up and it was bloody. It was ugly. Yeah. And in, not only the portfolio of mine and others, but just in general, it was really negative. A lot of time but, in the red because as yeah. a newscaster now, I got to pay attention and keep my eye on the yeah. stock market. Inflation, was, a war uh, in Ukraine, you yeah. know, a, a political stuff, everything. I'm not here to blame anybody. On it. it was just a really bad year in general. And anybody who says they had a good year in the stock market's full of shit. They're, they, you want to find out if they're a liar or not? Maybe they got lucky with one stock. But you used to be able to buy 10 stocks and seven or eight of them would make money. One would break even. You lose a little bit. But this year it was just bloody. But I got out of the habit of looking at the market in the morning because I had to work two jobs that day. And I knew that even though I get paid, I think, a fair wage and handsomely at times, I knew that it would put me in such a bad mood right. to know that I – could work in the entire day and literally lose thousands upon thousands of dollars by the end of the day. So I had to retrain my mind to not look or to not compare it to my work day because I'm the type of guy that if you're going to wake up, say you wake up and you, you know, it's going to be a bad day financially. There are people that still get on cranes and still get in dump trucks and still deliver mail and still host a couple of radio shows. And you have to, you have to train your mind to say, my job's important to me. If I don't sell the stock, it's going to come back. It'll come back eventually, or it'll come back. It's just a paper loss. But man, that was a, that was a big part of my year this year. When I look back at 2022, I'm really disappointed with the way I behaved, the way I was, um, I wouldn't say angry, just disappointed so many days this year because the general day started off so poorly with the economy and or the stock market that it gave me a negative start to my day. And it's, it's a really strange economy to look at because you keep getting these forecasts of, you know, a, a lower unemployment than yeah. it's ever been. And jobs, the jobs reports constantly outperform the gloom and doom predictions. It's a very odd economy at this time that you said something. The most important thing you said is about the kind of adrenaline that you want to have when you wake up or mm-hmm. after lunch or after dinner. And when you pick up your phone or you look at the however or, or you consume the Internet is you know that adrenaline and a lot of the times over the years too especially political talk more than sports talk but sports talk does it stirs the pot not in terms of negativity stirs the pot and it's adrenaline people get addicted to and an anger is an adrenaline you get addicted to so if you get up and uh, you know police brutality videos or what their liberals are up to today no matter what your the which, which way your political winds blow if you're going to get up and look at stuff that's going to upset you that gets addicting but you don't have to do it, just like you did with the stock market. You don't have to look. Well, you remind us all the time, all the time, you're very good at this, that most people in America don't have a satellite dish 
on the top of their trailer right. or on top of their apartment. You know, people who have the luxury of having every cable channel or the luxury. Most people right. in this country don't invest in the stock market. True. Don't invest right. in crypto. They don't have the money. They're living paycheck to paycheck. Or, or they, they, have they don't play money. with Twitter. That's another thing. You know, what's yeah. fascinating about the, the Twitter topic is, you know, when we back, remember when we were growing up, there was NBC Nightly News, CBS Evening News and the ABC World News Tonight. And over all those years, they would open up sometimes in the wintertime. The lead story would be snow. Well, that's not the lead story. It's because they're in New York and it's snowing outside, right? And now the Twitter, the Twitter story is, isn't as big as they're saying it is, but newsrooms love Twitter. So news people love Twitter, so they're constantly reporting like Twitter is the biggest story. But I don't know how much of an impact Twitter has. Certainly not to the point where it gets the publicity. But we don't have to. Number one thing is we don't have to look at stuff that upsets us in the morning, in the noon or at night. And it's an adrenaline you can get addicted to, but you can get off that adrenaline. It's not like getting off opiates. I, there's the three. The most important people in my life are my mom and dad, my wife, my kids and my bosses. Yeah. You know, my friends are everything to me, as you know. But in this that. conversation yeah. of Twitter, right. I wouldn't mind getting an intervention. A real intervention, because oh, I've know. never needed one in my life. And and really, people... I don't know that you haven't, but go ahead. <laughs> but people, good point. People having an intervention with me and all hiding it behind my back, because I'd be the guy in the intervention all upset that everyone pulled it off behind my back and I didn't figure off that we were going to have an intervention. And then, you know, I have like three... Yeah, that look when you walk into the motel room and go... Yeah, who uh -oh. are these people? <laughs> and why are you here? But if, if why is Looney sitting next to my dad? <laughs> if two of my three voice, uh, th two of my three bosses came out into my house, and my wife was in it, and maybe one of my sons, because my sons bust my balls more than anything on this, and they all said, "We're all going to leave you if you if you don't get off Twitter." <laughs> then I would hand my phone over to all of them and social media and say, you're right, I'm off. I'm done. And never again. Maybe someday I'll be lucky enough to have that intervention. Like oh, yes. Well, I've been, you know, I've been chipping away for years, but I haven't gotten have anywhere with it. I haven't gotten anywhere with it. And uh, you have a lot of fun with it. But, wow, uh, you are uh, you are out there tweeting. Now, what? why do you tweet so often? I don't know. Well, if I tweet I've ever, when I, I watch bust sports. your balls about it, but I never. Oh, I, but I tweet when I watch sports. No, I could have a lot more Twitter followers. Hey, you tweet, I could have you tweet when you watch the stock market, too. Yeah, I could. Angry yeah. Tweets in the I morning. could have more tweets if I use profanity, right. if I guessed wrong about COVID, if I was a COVID denier. True. If I was just pure political and told you which party I wanted and I hated the other party, I'd have a million Twitter right. followers. Uh -huh. But I don't care. I don't care about numbers. I just want to tweet about sports normally, right. a little bit about the market, uh, some things I watch. We both watch a lot of Netflix and go to movies and oh, all yeah. that, so I'll give my that. But you know, normal time when I'm watching sports, if I'm not, I'm on the air. That's another big thing. I'm on the air on average, on average five hours a day solo. Solo. With that, that means not talking to anyone other than myself and trying to generate phone calls or get something going and trying to get people interested because if you're doing radio and you don't hear anything back from people, and we've taken so many calls, and I'm on these big platforms right. with you that we do have interaction, but a lot of times I have to look to Twitter because the breaking news comes from Twitter. It's right doesn't there. Come, yeah. doesn't come from these Oh, websites. it's great for that. Yep. So I want to react instantly. So just as we hit the air, John Heyman, a really respected, respected baseball insider, got it wrong on Aaron Judge, and then he had to come back and retract it. 
And I said, oh, my God, that's incredible because it's not at ESPN.com. It's not at MLB.com. So now about 22 minutes ago, so this is, the, this is what happens to John Heyman as he had to, A, take a tweet down. He had to take it down, but he just said the Giants say they have not heard on Aaron Judge. My apologies for jumping the gun. So in theory, I would take my phone here. And I would just look at that and go, wow, that's a pretty good, solid reporter who got it wrong. Right. But I found it important for me to quote tweet that and go, seriously? Because there was some endorphin in my head that said, you're fucking with me on this Aaron Judge thing. So I had to tweet back, seriously. And I like John Heyman. It's not a knock on him, but it was, it's just a reaction with sports where when you're watching at home on your leather couch or you're sitting in a sports bar, you want to have instant reaction to something that just happened and that's really the only platform that works well with it i'm i'm I, do you miss plays and miss touchdowns because you're looking down at your phone and, no, and typing no, that I, I, how can't you you how do you i mean he's, he's tweeting this how come he's not watching the game closer but maybe you're just able to oh but you you, you unlocked a great secret okay. you unlocked a great secret so what i'll do is if the yankees are losing five three at home in the bottom of the ninth okay with one out i'll go into twitter and say gutless loss, disaster. How uh, could this happen? And I'll load the tweet. The okay. tweet's loaded, man. <laughs> it's like a gun. It's loaded. There's a bullet in the chamber. Okay, and okay. sometimes I do that to jinx myself so the Yanks will hit a three-run oh, and oh, win. Yeah, I get that. And okay. I can press delete. But it. then when I know I'm just I'm down and they're going to lose, as soon as that pop-up goes up or that ground ball to second, I can hit send and get the tweet out there. You just said something very interesting in terms of my childhood. And that is I was really psychic when I was little before I knew what psychic was. Mm -hmm. And we'd be walking up the street with my cousin Billy to the corner store when they had corner stores. Remember, mm -hmm. we'd be walking up the street, a bunch they of just call them luncheonettes in Long Island. We had Ooh. a luncheonette at the corner. Yeah. And Elmira, we had a lot of corner stores, open Heinz. Sounds like they were had nuclear secrets in there. Oh, but I was up on the corner. We had candy stores. They were also called. Oh yeah, that's stores. what it was. It was full of candy and stuff. And we went up to. We were walking up, and I would think to myself, on the way out, Billy's gonna fall down the stairs. And we would walk out, and he would fall down the stairs. Now it wouldn't amaze me, because it happened to me a lot when I was little. I really had no control over it, but. I did do when I got older. Sometimes I would I, did, I didn't have any control, but I did know if I predicted something out loud to myself that it w wouldn't happen. So I do do I still do those psychic things to myself so things won't happen, like you just sometimes did. Load the tweet to try to to fix it so it doesn't happen. And did you ever have any psychic moments in your life, no. or do you? Oh, like I did. Ah, no. I don't believe in psychics. I don't believe in uh, UFOs. I don't believe in looking into someone's mind and connecting with all that. At least I don't now at this stage of my life. I know some people do. I don't. Right. I don't know. Well, first of all, yeah, according to your experience, right, that doesn't yeah. seem plausible, which I get it. And, uh, and, and, and I lost a lot of it over the years because of who knows why. Maybe it, uh, but I did. And, uh, but every once in a while, it still happens. Now, I always have to... Um, correct you on this i'm always around that guy yeah you are you, that guy. well <laughs> you don't necessarily disbelieve in ufos ufos are a real thing they're unidentified flying objects it doesn't mean that what do you what you mean is you don't believe in outer space creatures flying around the earth yeah right? no i don't believe in any form of life 
any form of life in space. Interesting. Yes, wow. I don't believe in any of that. I don't believe the I don't believe in UFOs. I don't think there are spaceships that come in over Albuquerque and then hover and then they shoot off to another <laughs> galaxy. I don't believe in any of that. I know what there are about all those videos do- now that everyone has a phone. You know, you know, it doesn't always happen. I, there's a couple of t- fascinating times when it when it has over a nuclear power plant once. Didn't some UFOs like shut everything down? That's kind of fascinating when that happens. But that's an unidentified flying object. It doesn't mean it was outer space creatures. So that did happen, and that's fascinating. But we would, I would like the more, right, as you mentioned, Albuquerque, I'd like them to show up in New York or L.A. and not Belfont, Pennsylvania. Yeah, I'd <laughs> like to see him show up on Grand Central Parkway at 445 as the sun is setting, a cigar-shaped yes. object or a circular object. I'd like right. to see it then. It just never seems to happen then. Uh, right, it doesn't. And finally, I want to dedicate the energy of this podcast to someone we both know who passed away today, Mills Lane, the referee. And we've had a chance to sit ringside for several of his fights. And I was there for bite night where literally they looked down at the canvas and a piece of Evander Holyfield's ear. The lobe of his ear was on the canvas. Oh, yeah. And what a night that was. Everybody remembers where they were on that night. Mills Lane, rest in peace. Thank you for listening to all 38 minutes and 38 seconds of the JT and Looney podcast powered by Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.